0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by R.J. Abadia, Stanford football insider for the Bootleg.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. R.J., good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Spring football tour continuing. We didn't think Stanford was going to be playing Utah, but you know what? If everybody's playing everybody in the conference, maybe they will play. So let's get right to it. Stanford had this glorious run, multiple Rose Bowls, Orange, Fiesta mixed in. But the last four years have looked a little different. Sun Bowl, that kind of stuff. And then a 4-8, no bowl. Is this this a program turning in the wrong direction, or is it a program rocked by injuries and underestimate them at your own risk?
1: Uh, (laughs) Yes. I think you could make arguments. For basically all the things that you just said, I mean, obviously, when you're talking about the David Shaw era, we are in uncharted waters coming off of four and eight season. The four and eight season itself was uncharted waters, and it's, it would be wrong to, to ignore the fact that injuries obviously had a lot to do with it. But I think, as you said, when you look at the, when you take kind of a, a wider lens approach and you look at the last four years, there's no question that the, the the level of football has has decreased. It is not what it was um, back in 2015, which was Stanford's last Pac-12 championship, um, and they just haven't, for a lot of reasons, they haven't been where they were at the start of this decade. And there were going to be questions surrounding this team, regardless, coming into this year. And when you add the complications of the shutdown and the pandemic. Um, I think this is one of those nobody-knows-anything situations in terms of where Stanford football is right now and where they're going in, the, in a hypothetical 2020 season.
2: We do know that Costello is gone, took off to join Leach down there in Mississippi, and so Mills is the guy who had the experience. Is he the guy who's going to be firmly entrenched as the starting quarterback?
1: without question. Um, I think Davis Mills has had a very, very unfortunate um, college career, pretty much marked with injury every season that he's played. He got to play the most last year. Um, and, you know, that was obviously as splitting time with KJ Costello as QB1, as each guy was kind of injured or 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 healthy. And um, you know, I think people forget he was the top-rated quarterback coming out of his uh, his class, a class that included uh, Tua Tangovaloa and Jake Brom. And so, you know, when he has been healthy, the talent and the five-star rating that he brought to Stanford have been on display. And the problem has been he has just not been healthy. But with KJ Costello moving on, as you said, the deck has been cleared. Um, Tanner McKee... Uh, who is their big 18 signee is back from his LDS mission, um, but obviously he's hasn't played football in two years. So really, it's Davis Mills' show um, for Stanford this year.
0: So Stanford during the during the glory days uh, arguably could have had a Heisman Trophy winning running back or two. Uh, Cameron Scarlett's onto the NFL 840 yards not a staggering number by any means but he was a leading rusher and nobody else was over 300 what's what does it look like at running back for Stanford
1: Well it's really interesting because I think you know when you look back at some of those those glory years for Stanford the 2010 29 through 2015 you know it was it was a run first offense and it was a run first offense that People really appreciated because of the surface level simplicity right I think everyone can kind of just see that pulling guard for Stanford that handoff you know that that kind of singular play and David Shaw has been open about the fact that they're kind of searching for a run scheme at this point they don't really know for sure what their run game is even supposed to look like right now and that was obviously something they were hoping to address in spring ball now as far as personnel there is some talent. Um, Austin Jones was a four-star running back who was a freshman last year and uh, and flashed some really good some really good talent, as well as Nathaniel Pete, who was a freshman last year as well. He's more of, you know, you hate to throw the name around, but as far as, like, what is he like, he's more of a Bryce Love type player, kind of an explosive, elusive kind of guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, do a lot of things in a lot of different ways. Um, Austin Jones is a very athletic guy in his own right, but more of like a workhorse back that you'd expect to see doing the stuff in between the tackles. So there is talent, and, you know, Stanford's offensive line returns Walker Little, who was a preseason All-America left tackle, who is expected to be in the NFL draft now, but was lost for last season, and so he's decided to come back, and so... Stanford had a lot of instability on the offensive line. They're looking for that to be something that does not happen this year. And if that is the case, they're looking to get back to being the kind of team that they've been in in the better years.
2: Yeah, as I look at, I don't want to say demise, but maybe decline is more an accurate phrase of Stanford football relative to where it's been I think that uh, correct me if I'm wrong because you're closer to the situation than I am, but I think that the number one issue from when they were really good to where they are now has been issues, whether it be injuries or what have you along the offensive line
1: I don't think there's any question um, I think that's, that's absolutely the case. Um, there has been a transition in offensive line coach, uh, Mike Bloomgren, who is now the head coach at Rice, moved on two seasons ago, and Kevin Carberry has taken over. And honestly, in fairness to him, he has not had a full deck to deal with really at any point in, in his time at Stanford. And, you know, you're talking about a team last year that had as many as three freshmen starting. Um, and freshmen who were not intended to be first-year contributors kind of just thrown into the fire and that's a, a, a far cry removed from what Stanford had been, which is you know, you get it rolling and you're replacing juniors and seniors with juniors and seniors and that makes a big difference obviously on the offensive line and there's just been no kind of continuity I think, I'm trying to get it right off the top of my head but I think they had at least at least Six or seven different starting combinations at offensive line in 12 games last year. And you guys know, you know, continuity is so huge there, and that's just no way to have a run game going. And you're right, if you look at the decline, it's not hard to draw a line from the overall decline to the decline of the run game to the decline of the offensive line and the inability to have any continuity there.
0: So, RJ, uh, Simi Fajoko is one of the Utah kids on the roster, and it looked like as the season progressed, he just emerged as a consistent, deep threat. Is he going to be able to make a lot of these big plays, or is he actually going to be a marked guy and really going to have to evolve as a receiver?
1: Well, I think he'll be more involved um, in terms of, The root tree and the offense and what they do with him, I think one of the big areas of focus in the first session of spring ball that they were able to to kind of get in was this idea of having all the receivers being able to do all the things so that they don't get marked as just, okay, this is where this guy lines up and this is what he runs. And the good news is is that Stanford – if there is a position where they do have the most depth and the most talent right now, it's that wide receiver. They've got a lot of good players um, at that position group, arguably more good players than they've ever had. So I would expect Simi to be able to do a lot more and expand on what he showed last year. But I also don't think there's any question that his big play talent is something that they're going to want to exploit if they're going to have the season that they think they can have.
2: One of the consistents for Stanford uh, along the years or through the years has been great tight end play. Kobe Parkinson gets drafted this past season. I think that's the third tight end in the last, what, four or five years who's been drafted. Uh, I think Scooter Harrington is next up. Is he going to be that NFL guy and follow in the tradition?
1: I don't know exactly where Stanford goes with tight ends at the moment for this year. I think as, as you move forward, They've got a couple guys coming in this year as freshmen: uh, Lucas Unger out of New Jersey and Ben Urisek out of Bakersfield, California, who I think are very much in the role and in the mold of, of those Stanford tight ends that you've seen in the past. Um, Scooter Harrington is a guy who's going to get his shot this year, that's for sure, and he's a guy who's he's a veteran. He's very familiar with the offense. They haven't utilized him in the same way that they've utilized a Colby Parkinson or a Caden Smith or Dalton Schultz, another Utah guy. Um, So it'll be interesting because I think the talent skews towards the wide receivers. And so I don't know that we're going to see as many of those two and three tight end sets that you're used to seeing out of Stanford. Um, But we'll see it, you know, it, it all remains to be seen. There's just, so many questions with this football team even above and beyond the questions that all football teams are facing in these uncertain times
0: so we keep mentioning utah guys here is there like a giggle a squint a kind of bizarre look when someone they find out someone's from utah or now is it just accepted like yeah there's a lot of utah guys on the team of course there are so what next
1: no it's i think it's absolutely the latter i think um defensive coordinator Lance Anderson is obviously someone with a great deal of familiarity with the state and Stanford has hit that state hard um, since they've been there. And there's talent, there's real talent there, as you guys know, just in the names that you've, that you've already mentioned. And it's become a place where, first of all, for just Utah players, but obviously, you know, a lot of players from that state, um, they take LDS missions and Stanford has, has, Made itself a very viable and attractive option for players of that faith. Um, and so there are guys. Uh, Houston Haimuli is a fullback on the team. Um, Simi Fahoko, that you mentioned already, and um, you know, they've had a, they've got guys, and, and that pipeline's legit at this point. And I think, you know, they, they work the area very hard. Um, Lance Anderson is, like I said, he's the D coordinator, but he's also the recruiting director on staff. So, you know, that, that state gets its due attention. And Sanford has built um, a nice little slice of the roster with Utah players.
2: I look at defense, and, and, and I'm not sure how the depth chart is going to play out, but I can see possibly only three senior starters.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot, there are a lot of questions about the Stanford defense. Obviously, there was some slippage last year, um, to put it mildly, and there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, people made a big deal about the amount of players that Stanford had in the transfer portal, but really, it was more about some of the specific guys, and I'm thinking mainly of um, Mike Williams and Joe Von Swan, who were scheduled to be starters and first-line guys on the defensive line. And they have left Stanford with a lot of question marks up front, and that's an area where Stanford and their best teams has typically excelled. And now there are real question marks. I think the defensive line has question marks. Um, inside linebacker has some guys that you haven't heard a lot about that you're probably going to. Um, Ricky Miazon, Jacob Mangum-Farrar, Tristan Sinclair. Um, those are some really talented young inside linebackers who I think are going to help upgrade that position. Um, and then the secondary, the safety battle, um, is kind of unclear who's going to step up and and take that job over as well. Malik Antoine returns as a fifth-year, so he's likely entrenched at free safety, but there's a battle at strong safety. And so... If you're talking about, you know, name guys, really Paulson Adebo, another kind of preseason All-America guy from last year who had his season cut short from injury and decided to come back is really the household name, but he's a cornerback. And so Stanford has some issues that they've got to address on the front seven. And, yeah, the, the depth chart this year on defense could and I think should be vastly different than it was from last season.
0: So I look at last year and I see four games where they gave up 45 points or more and you see losses to teams that people think of as the bottom half of the league. Uh, you know, Colorado and UCLA and uh, I mean, there's just some games here that aren't, that are just brutal. So it, it feels like there is a lot of ground to recover for Stanford.
1: I think there is. I mean, I think when you look at the, the, the pillars of, of their best teams and the identity and, and those things like we've already touched on was uh, an elite offensive line, a defense that adapts and adjusts in the second half and shuts teams down at the end of ball games, um, defense that doesn't give up big play, an offense that kind of controls the ball and can hurt you with the run game and off play action. When you think of all those kind of hallmarks, it's all kind of gone away. And Stanford is to a large extent building from the ground up. And we don't know at this point exactly what they're building. It doesn't really seem like when you look at their personnel right now, that the model is the vintage Stanford team, that they're going to win with a bunch of really big, strong physical guys up front on both sides of the ball. And they're going to, they're going to run the ball and, and get real tight and have two, three tight ends and, 14 different offensive linemen on the field. I don't know that that's the image. So I don't know that anyone really knows the path to getting back to being good. And that's just one of the more fascinating aspects. Is There's, there's still talent on this roster, but the nature of it suggests that if Stanford gets back to being good, they're probably not going to look like what you expect them to look like.
2: RJ, we appreciate this little slump quote. Oh, cool. One more thing. Uh, There's been a lot of talk of David Shaw going to the NFL. Has this quelled uh, some of the talk since they've slipped a little bit?
1: I think so. I also don't know how seriously, how serious that ever was. I have no doubt that coming off the Rose Bowls and the success, he's had overtures from NFL teams, but I think as time moves on, it seems pretty clear that he is entrenched with Stanford and Stanford to a large extent is very entrenched um, with him. Um, He would not confirm it. And Stanford does not comment on contracts publicly, but we've gotten word that, you know, he signed a pretty big extension this season, this past season. Um, So yeah, I think in terms of a flight risk, I would not consider him very high up um, as an area of concern at this point.
0: RJ, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us and talking a little uh, Stanford football here on our spring tour.
1: Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great day.